Hey, what's up, y'all? This is Charmonique speaking. You are listening to Catch These Vibes, Season 4, Episode 19. This is a 90 series. If you are new here, welcome. Thank you. If you are a loyal listener, welcome. Thank you for tuning in. Please make sure to check out the Red Dove podcast. I was a guest on their past episode this past, this last Tuesday. And we were talking about Stranger Things season four. So if y'all don't mind, I just wanted to uh, talk about a couple things. Spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Stranger Things, then spoiler alert. But yeah, so shout out to the Red Dove podcast. I was so thankful of them for asking me to be a guest to talk about Stranger Things. I was just like, oh, okay, me, yay, all right, yes, I'll do it. And I had a good time. So some of the things, of course, we talked about the season four, some of the main topics, some of the things that people have, you know, been talking about online. And one of those topics was wellness, wellness, Will's sexuality. So um, I had... I had retweeted something on Twitter, so let me go to it because I wanted to just address it. So I honestly, when it comes to Will's sexuality, I honestly have felt that the way that he's been acting didn't have to necessarily mean that he was gay. That's, that's how I've been, you know, that's how I've been thinking about it. Like just because he's sensitive about not having his friend doesn't mean, Oh, that means he has a big crush on him. Like that's where I was coming from. And so I had not too long ago, I had post a tweet about how Will has been going through it, like because I watched this, I watched uh, Stranger Things from season one before this episode with the Red Dove podcast, and I was just like feeling so sorry for Will because he just been going through it every single season. Like he's hasn't really had too many happy moments, like. It's just like always something for him. Like he's always going through it. So I post something like, I just hope that at one point we get to see him happy. So that's where I stand on Will. Like I just, I want to just give him a hug and tell him, I can't tell him everything going to be all right because that would be a lie. But, you know, I just want to give him a hug, you know. So that's how I feel for Will. I got a real soft spot for him. So there was this tweet. And it says, it's it's a picture of a scene with Eleven and Will when they're in the desert. And so somebody uh, tweeted out and said, making them siblings was Duffer's best decision. So I retweeted it and I said, yes, but now we know he's in love with his sister's boyfriend. And so somebody said, you mean his best friend of 10 years whom he liked since before L even came into the picture? 
They're still siblings who love each other a lot. Will 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 never do anything to hurt Elle. He even did everything to help Mike fix his relationship with Elle and the other way around. So I I basically was like, you know, I agree with you like wholeheartedly. But I'm coming from I'm coming from the the side of it like that's just another complicated ass situation. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it's great that they have this sibling bond. I I agree completely. But now it's like, okay, well, now we know that it's not about Will just missing his friend, which I was giving him the benefit of the doubt, you know? It's very logical for him to be feeling left out just on the friendly platonic basis. It doesn't have to mean that he's gay and he has a crush on Mike. You know what I'm saying? That's where I was coming from. And But, I mean, at this point, it's already come out that he's gay and he, he has a crush on Mike. He's in love with Mike. And that's like a fact now. So now things are going in that direction for sure. And I just like, I'm just like, it just complicates things even more because now he has to deal with not wanting to hurt Elle and like not being able to be true about how he feels and be his true self around Mike. So it's just. I don't know. It's just it's just a heartbreaking situation, in my opinion. So that's where I was coming from with that. I wasn't like saying like, oh, like he just now he likes his sister's boyfriend. Like, uh, like how dare he? Like I wasn't saying it like that. But I just feel like, you know, they did they did this thing that I guess everybody was speculating on from the from the jump is you know was will gay or not and so i don't know i guess i was trying to give him the benefit of the doubt you know the fact that boys can still be sensitive still can you know draw and be you know little sweet boys like will and don't have to mean that they gay you know what i'm saying but that's the route that they went and and it's fine but it's just really complicates things at this point. So I'm so, I'm very interested to see what they do in season five when it comes from Will's aspect, because um, from what I've read and heard, it's really going to be focused on Will in this next season. And it's probably going to make a lot of things make sense. And bring a lot of shit to the forefront. So I'm excited for it. I really do hope that we get it. I mean, no later than 2024. Just to be like realistic. Because I understand with with uh, scheduling and everything. And the cast, I mean, especially like the younger ones. Like, like Sadie Sink. She does other things. I mean, obviously, Millie Bobby Brown, she does other movies. Finn, he does other movies. Um, Lucas, he's done other stuff, too. I feel, I think he was in the, what's it called, New Edition movie? Like, he played one of them as a kid, if I'm not mistaken. But, so, this potential for him to be in more things coming in the future. 
So they all are like really good and on a, on a good path as far as having great careers in the business. And I'm rooting for all of them. And shout out to Maya Hawk, who is Uma Thurman and Ethan Hawk's daughter. I feel like she is a star and I would love to see her in more movies, more shows or whatever for sure because Stranger Things is going to be ending after season five. So uh, I'm going to miss it. I really am. It's like one of my favorite shows these, these in these last couple of years. It's definitely one of my favorites and I look forward to it every time a new season comes out. So yeah, if you just listen to this and you never have seen an episode of Stranger Things before, well, thank you for sticking through this little spiel of mine. And check out Stranger Things. You might like it. Like, just give it a chance. We are getting into Seepless in Seattle, which came out in 1993. This movie stars Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan, Ross Mallinger, Rita Wilson, Victor Garber, and Bill Pullman, um, among other people. Frances Conroy, I recognize her. I was trying to look for faces. Oh, duh, duh. Rosie O'Donnell. We have Latanya Richardson. Rob Rayner. Barbara Garrick. This movie was directed by Nora Ephron. So Nora Ephron, she has done a lot of my favorites, um, a lot of uh, movies that I actually enjoy. So I'm not going to say my favorites, but movies that I actually enjoy. That's better. That makes more sense. So Sleepless in Seattle is one of them. She directed that. Mixed Nuts with Steve Martin, Michael with John Travolta. Also, you've got Mel. Bewitched, Julie, and Julia. So those are the movies that she's, uh, some of the movies she's directed. And and she's also done some writing and screenplay on, screenplay writing on a couple of other movies that might be one of your favorites. So When Harry Met Sally was written by her. Sleepers in Seattle is also written by her. And I noticed she worked, she has worked with Meg Ryan a whole lot. So like she's worked on You've Got Mail. She wrote the screenplay for that. There's another movie called Hanging Up that Meg Ryan is in. She wrote the screenplay for that. So she's she's worked on a lot of movies that I feel like people people do talk about in you know in conversations when it comes to oh, what's your, you know, one of your favorite romantic comedies? People might think, um, when Harry Met Sally is one of them, people people really love that movie, and I think You've Got Mail is one of those, and so is Sleepless in Seattle. So that's why I'm talking about it, and we're going to go ahead and get into it. So this movie is about this man named Sam, played by Tom Hanks. Shout out to Tom Hanks, by the way. I really love his movies. I have to take a look and. And look into his filmography throughout the 90s. Um, I really love this movie called Big that he's in. Um, my mom watched that movie. And 
I really enjoyed it. But that came out in 88. I think 88 was a really good year. I think 88 is just one of those years. Like if I had to be born in the 80s, I think it would, I would want to be born in 88 for sure. So let's go ahead and look, check his filmography out throughout the 90s. So Joe versus a volcano, never heard of that. Tales from the Crypt, huh? Okay. A League of Their Own, that's a famous one. Sleepless in Seattle, obviously, in 1993. Philadelphia, 1993, that's a really good movie with Denzel Washington. He played Andrew Beckett. He was the the man that that caught AIDS. And I have to watch that movie again, actually, because I don't remember the storyline all the way. Um, Forrest Gump, 1994. Wow. Tom Hanks was doing his thing because Philadelphia is a really, really, really good movie. And so is Forrest Gump. Like, that's one of the, one of the classics. 1995, Apollo 13. I always hear a lot of good things about that movie. I don't think I've ever seen it, though. He was in Toy Story 1995, the voice of Woody. Everyone loves Toy Story. It's probably one of the best animated films ever created. That Thing You Do, 1996, Saving Private Ryan, 1998, You've Got Mail, 1998, Toy Story, 1999, The Green Mile, 1999. This movie is three hours and nine minutes long. I think I probably said this before on this podcast, but I was really scared of The Green Mile. Like that movie scared the shit out of me. Like I was, I don't know. And it's not like it's even really scary, but at the same time, it is scary because it's like things that can really happen mixed with things that it's like, okay, that that's not going to happen. But you never really know. You don't, you don't know, man. And Green Mile definitely creeped me out for a long time. So, yeah. Those are the movies that he did in the 90s, but just to brag about him a little bit, he did Cast Away in 2000. He was in Catch Me If You Can, 2002. Polar, The Polar Express, 2004. He was in Cars, 2006. He was the voice of Woody, Woody's car. The Da Vinci Code, 2006. Angels and Demons, 2009. Toy Story 3, 2010. Dang, we didn't get we didn't get Toy Story 3 t- until 2010. So from like, almost, yeah, pretty much like a, over a decade until they made another movie. Hmm, that's interesting. But yeah. Oh, Larry Crown, 2011. I really love that movie. Anywho, yep. Big ups to Tom Hanks. Uh, he's He's done a lot of great work. And I really fuck with him a lot. So we have Meg Ryan, who plays Annie Reed. I spoke about Miss Meg Ryan, and I love her work. A lot of the movies that she's done, I I really do love. I love Sleepless in Seattle. I love You've Got Mail. I love When a, when a Man Loves a Woman. Like those are really some of my some of my favorites for sure. So, 
Oh, and she also was the voice of Anastasia, and I really love that movie. When a Man Loves a Woman. That came out in 1994, and that's a really, really good movie. I don't think that one gets talked about as much as the Sleepless in Seattle and You've Got Mail, but they're all really, really good. So she should be very, very proud of her career and the, and the things that she's done. Um, I'm pretty sure she is, though. And something that I feel like I've I found, I knew this before, but sometimes certain things you just forget or just like slips your mind. But her and Dennis Quaid were married at some point and they had a son. And his name is Jack Quaid. Jack Quaid has been in different um different shows. He was in the Hunger Games. Wait, he was in the Hunger Games? <laughs> Wait, the Hunger Games for real? I don't even remember. Wow. He was who? Marvel. Marvel. Hmm. I'm gonna have to go back and check that out. But yeah, so he's been he's he's been doing good things. He's in the show The Boys. And he was in Scream 5. So he was in the movie Scream that came out this year. And he was, he did good. I actually liked his character. I I really did. So I thought that was pretty cool that that's her son. I definitely feel like I've heard that before. But again, it just slipped my mind. So, yeah, Meg Ryan and Dennis Quaid had a son, and his name is Jack Quaid. So, we also have Ross Malinger. I don't know if it's Malinger or Malinger, but he plays Jonah Baldwin. Jonah is Sam's son. So, hold on. Let's just look at, because he's a really good actor. Like, I really loved him in this movie. I just wanted to take a look at what else he has done because he does have a familiar face like I've seen him in another show or I mean a show or another movie. He says he was in Kindergarten Cop. He was a voice in um, the show Recess, which I really love that show. And he's done some other things, but I'm not really seeing anything else I I remember seeing Homeward Bound 2. Okay. Seinfeld. He was on one episode. Suddenly Susan. Club Vampire. Party of Five. Family Law. He played Theodore T.J. Detweiler in Recess. He was on 29 episodes. Lloyd in Space. Touched by an Angel. I remember that show. Without a Trace. Okay, so he's he's done some things uh, here and there. A lot of TV work. But I really, really love him in this movie. He's just the cutest thing. And his personality is just... It's just so funny. And the things that he says is just like... This little boy is too grown. So Rita Wilson is Susie, who is Sam's sister which happens to be Tom Hanks' wife in real life. And 
Victor Garber, he's Greg. He plays Susie's husband. We have Bill Pullman, who plays Walter, who in this in the movie is Meg Ryan's character, Annie Reed's fiance. All right, so those are the main characters in this movie. Now let's go ahead and get into the storyline. So I feel like this movie is a movie about following your heart. It's about when stars align and when things are just meant to be, they come up, come about like there's no fight in it. There's just no way really around it. If something's meant to be, it will be. It will find its way to happen no matter what little things or roadblocks come in the way. It's going to happen. So I feel like that's what this movie represents. And Tom Hanks' character, Sam, he is um, someone who has recently lost his wife. His son is eight years old. And now he's just really having to navigate life without his wife being there with him. They had a beautiful family. And now he's at a place where he can't even go to the store without thinking about her. So he decides to move from their home in Chicago to Seattle. And his son, Jonah, he's gotten to a point where he's like, okay, I need my dad to have a wife. I'm ready to have a mom. Um, I just, I'm not feeling the way life is going right now. I want a mom. I, I want a woman in this household. I love my dad, but I, I want a mom. I'm eight years old. I deserve a mom. So Jonah decides to hit up this radio show. And they were doing, I guess, a make a wish Christmas, make a Christmas wish segment. And so for his Christmas wish, it was for his dad to get a wife. And so the doctor the lady that runs the show, her name is Dr. Marsha. And so she has Jonah put his dad on the phone. So Sam gets on the phone and and she starts getting into his business. And, you know, ha- Sam was ham. Why was I about to say ham? <laughs> Sam was apprehensive at first. He was very hesitant about talking. At first he was just like, why are he was like talking to Jonah, like, what is this? And why are you on the phone with these people? Like, what is going on? So he ends up getting comfortable and starts talking and just venting to Dr. Marsha about what his experience has been since he's lost his wife and how he's tried to move on and how He has a a tough time sleeping and just, you know, coping overall with not having his wife anymore. She was such a special person to him and what they had was so special. And it was just one of those once in a lifetime type of things for him. So he's at a point where he doesn't believe that he'll ever get that again. And he's just like thinking about it as like, it's just, it doesn't happen more than once, basically. Annie just so happens to be in her car and listening to the radio on her way home, I think, or wherever she was going. And she hears little Jonah on the radio show. So she's instantly intrigued and she's listening and tuned in like so many other women are. And 
I think at that moment, she definitely fell for that family when she heard Sam on the line talking about how it was magic with his his ex-wife or his wife, his his um his late wife, and how it was just so special. And I think Annie really could relate to that because she's like someone who's like a hopeless romantic. She's someone who loves watching these like old love romantic movies who who just really is at a point in life where she's engaged but something's missing something's missing between her and Walter and she can't quite put her finger on it I think she can but she just doesn't until like pretty much towards the end of the movie but the whole throughout the whole movie she says different things that makes it clear that she feels like she's settling. Like she's not, she doesn't really have that spark with Walter. It's not, she doesn't really feel that, that passion with Walter, but he's, he's a good guy. He, they mesh well. They, they probably agree on all, all political subjects and, and have, a lot of things that they could talk about, you know, that can be interesting, but there's no real passion there, you know? So Annie has to battle with that. And she ends up hearing Jonah on the radio for a second time. So Jonah ends up going on the radio or calling Dr. Marsha again, because at this point, a couple of months have gone by. Um, it was Christmas and then it was New Year's and now we're in the new year. And now Sam, his father, has decided to go on dates. He's putting he's putting himself out there now and and dating again. And so the lady that he's been dating, Jonah was not feeling her at all. Like from the jump, he was like, who is this lady with her curly, short bob hair? Like, no, this is the wrong girl. Like, no, no, dad, this this isn't right. I'm not feeling her. Like he wasn't feeling her from the jump. So at this point, Sam and the lady, I think her name was Vanessa, something with the V, Vanessa, Veronica, probably Vanessa, she decided to cook dinner for them. So they meet up at the grocery at market and then they go to Sam's house. I really love Sam's house, by the way. It's like a off the, it's like a bow house. I don't know what it's called. And I mean, I really like it though. Cause it's like right off the water, they have a boat. So when they want to go ride their boat to the beach or whatever, they can do that. I think that's really dope. I would love to have like a property just like that. But anyways, I said property because I don't think I would want to live there all the time. But I just have a thing with with big bodies of water. And yeah, I don't know. It just makes me very nervous. So I wouldn't want to be there all the time. But anyways, it's really cute and lovely. I like it a lot. So they go to her house or, or their house and she she ends up cooking dinner for them. And Sam tells Jonah it's time for bed. They end up 
Vanessa and Sam end up going outside and they're and then she has this really loud laugh and it's like she laughs at everything that Sam says. So it's just like, no, this is not the woman for my dad. This is not the woman that I want to be my mom. Like, no, this isn't going to work out. So Jonah, he panics and he calls Dr. Marsha and he's just telling her like, my dad's on a date. He's been bringing this lady home. He even called her a hoe because he saw that the, that they were kissing. And so that part is super funny because it's just like, you think she's a hoe just because they kiss? Like, <laughs> dang, why I got to be like that, Jonah? But yeah, he called her a hoe. What am I going to do? She's a hoe. Talking to Dr. Marsha and he decides to scream very, very loudly to get his dad's attention. I think he just panicked. He didn't know what else to do. He hung up the phone. And because Dr. Marsha, she wasn't helping. She wasn't telling him what he wanted to hear. And so he was like, you know what? He hung up the phone. And so he screamed to, on the top, to the top of his lungs. And, of course, that frightened his dad. And that interrupts, you know, the little moment that Sam and Vanessa was having. So that pretty much ends the night or for them as far as what we see um, they end up going to the airport Vanessa goes off somewhere and so there's a scene where they're at the airport and Vanessa she catches her flight and so Sam and Jonah they're having this conversation which I really really love and he's just telling him um, he's telling him that he is trying to find out the different things about Vanessa like what is she like why does she do certain things and he the way that he tells him or communicates it to him is like you know these are things I'm willing to get to to the bottom of and that's dating I'm dating her so he tried to explain that to Jonah to get him to understand and Jonah he just wasn't having it because at this point after once it once they were on the radio over 2,000 women had called in to get their the number and they wrote letters and one of the letters was Annie's so Annie decided to write a letter um in this movie Annie's friend is played by Rosie O'Donnell her name is Becky and Becky is just like her friend that get that gives her sound advice encourages her and so Annie was trying to write a, a really good letter and she was struggling with it. She didn't really know what to say, but she ended up telling them or writing in a letter that she wanted to meet Jonah and Sam and that for Valentine's Day, she wanted to meet at the top of the Empire State Building by sunsets. And so... I think she was like, oh, no, I'm going to be I'm going to be in New York with Walter. Like, I can't send this off like this is crazy. So her good friend Becky sent the letter off for her without her knowing. And so Jonah and Sam got that letter. Sam was. He didn't really he was in this place where he was like, OK, I'm I'm putting myself back out there. I'm about to date. I'm not worried about these letters because these are people that I don't know. You know, I'm a type of person. I'm old school. I would rather see you in person. And if you 
you know, if I see something I like, then I'll speak to you and I'd rather do it that way. Like, he's not like, I'm not getting a wife, you know, that lives across the country, meeting her through, through a letter. Like, I don't know this, this lady, she could be crazy. So that's what Sam is on. But Jonah's like, he read Annie's letter. He loved it. And he wants to meet this lady at the top of the Empire State Building. Like he sold, he loves the idea. And so he spends a lot of time trying to convince his dad that he wants to do this. But his dad is worried about dating Vanessa. Annoying laugh, Vanessa with the curly hair bob. Jonah's like, why are you wasting your time with this girl? Like, you need to be checking for Annie. Like, Annie is my new mom, dad. Like, what are you not understanding? Like, what's not clicking, Steven? Like, what do you not get? So Jonah, he's like frustrated. He's upset. So he decides to take matters into his own hands. But before we get to that, Annie was over there put taking matters into her own hands herself. So she decides, okay, I want to go see them. I want to see what this is about and possibly, I don't know, introduce myself. I don't think she really knew what she was going to do, but she went out on a limb and booked her flight. So she, I I think she was like a reporter or a, a writer or something. I don't know. And so she was able to get background checks. So she got a background check on sam and she got their address so she booked her a flight she went to seattle and she went to their house now (laughs) if this if this movie was a little bit different like say if if annie was a male character i just feel like it would be way different like it would just be way less acceptable for some man to just look up some woman's address, woman with that has a child, a single woman with a child, looks up her address and then flies and just goes in just to pop up on her. Like, I think that would be like really different. You know what I'm saying? But this is a different movie. So I guess because it's, I guess because Annie is a woman doing it, and it's, de- it's deemed to be less, you know, harmless, just harmless. Like, what is she going to do? Like, you know, it's it's okay, you know. But I just feel like if if it was a man doing it, it just would have been, you know, a little different. But anywho, so she, she goes to Seattle. She goes to their house. And at, as she pulls up or gets there, they are leaving on their boat to the beach. So... She drives and goes to the beach to see them. And she pulls off to the side of the road, gets out the car, and is just walking in the middle of the street. Like, just walking in the middle of the street while the cars are going. Like, I, yeah, I don't know. But that's what she does. And so she sees them. Well, before that, I think she sees them playing at the beach. Yeah, so she she gets to the beach and sees them playing. And so she's, you know, just admiring them from afar. They look so cute. They're playing, you know. You know how cute people look on the beach when they're, you know, playing with their kids. 
So that happens. And then the scene with her in the, in the middle of the street happens. And so Sam and his sister, Susie, I guess she just came into town. So you can see her, um, her and Sam, they hug, they greet each other. But from afar, you know, Annie's looking and it just looks like, oh, he's meeting some women. So she heard the other night on the radio station with Jonah that there was some woman in this picture now. So she automatically assumed that that's who it was that Sam was with. But it was really his sister, his sister Susie and her husband came into town. I don't know where her husband was at this point, but he wasn't there in the scene. So it definitely looked like, oh, Sam is meeting up with this woman and he's really happy to see her. But it's really his sister. But even though Annie sees him hugging this woman who appears to be this random ass woman, Sam ends up looking and seeing her in the street. And he saw her at the airport and he was following after her. He ended up losing her, though, because Jonah was talking so much about Annie that he he got distracted and, you know, lost her in the crowd. And that that happens. And I feel like those those moments are the moments where we can really see how fate was really whatever the powers that be the magic was really trying to get them together it's just there was just a few missed opportunities but at the end of the day you know they do end up meeting and connecting and seeing that this this is something that was just meant to be so before we get to that point though there's still some things that happens. Obviously, we got to get to that point. So what the fuck happens? I just lost my train of thought. Oh, okay, yeah. So they have a moment when Annie's in the street looking stupid. <laughs> he says hi to her. She says hi. And then nothing happens. So she ends up flying back home. She feels very regretful for even bothering to um go out there she feels stupid she doesn't you know understand why she even bothered to do that and she just has to convince herself constantly that no Walter is the is what I what need what I need to be focused on I'm engaged with him that is what I am meant to do be married to Walter because that's what makes sense I'm not living in some fairy tale movie so things aren't going to happen like that like it's not about fate and it's not about uh, it's not about all that hopeless romantic ass shit it's just about Walter he's a good guy he he's pretty much perfect so that's who I need to be with so that's what she's constantly telling herself trying to convince herself that her going after Sam is ridiculous so she ends up going to New York. She already had the plan to go to New York with Walter and for them to spend time together on Valentine's Day. So I guess Sam was going to, he was going to have a night with Vanessa at the Holiday Inn. 
he was trying to get it in. So he was about to catch a flight. I don't remember where, but I he did say that he was going to a hotel. So him and Jonah get into it because Jonah's still like on his head about Annie. Like, Dad, Annie is the one. We need to meet her. We need her. We need to meet her and we need to go to New York. Like, what are you doing with yourself? What are you doing with your life? You talking about meeting this lady. Why are you even still dating her? And Sam is like, dude, I need to get laid. It's been some time. Like, I need this. I need this night out. I don't care what you're saying, Jonah. I'm not worried about meeting some wife through some letter. I'm I'm ready to go and do what I know I can do. You know what I know is for sure and what is for sure. I'm about to go meet Vanessa at the Holiday Inn and we about to get it in. Like that's what I know, Jonah. So I'm sorry, you know, you and your letter and 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 this Annie lady, y'all gonna just have to, I don't know. But I ain't trying to be bothered with that tonight. So that's what he basically tells Jonah. Jonah and him get into this big argument. Doors are slammed. And yeah, Sam wakes up the next morning preparing to leave and he finds no Jonah anywhere. Jonah is gone. Jonah dipped out and he said, I'm about to go meet my new mom. You, you go do, you can go do what you doing, do, but I'm about to go to New York. So him and his good friend, Jennifer, they were able to, I guess Jennifer's mom worked at the airline or maybe her her dad was a pilot somehow someone had connection to the the airline and she was able to get him a ticket to new york so jonah is off to new york with his cute little eight-year-old self passing as a 12-year-old he goes to new york he gets on a cab he goes straight to the empire state building it's the cutest thing because once he gets to the top of the empire state building he's walking around and asking all these random women are you annie i'm jonah hi i'm jonah are you annie like he asks he's asking these ladies and it's the cutest thing and they're just like no i'm i'm susan <laughs> so that's what jonah is doing and on the other end, we have Annie. She's with boring-ass Walter. So unsatisfied, but she's like, you know, this is what life is. This is what I got to do. <laughs> she's miserable as fuck, just settling. And But, you know, one thing about Walter, though, Walter was a real dude. Like, Walter was definitely, like, a real nigga for sure. I fuck with Walter because... He understood, like, he just was very emotionally intelligent. I'll, I'll just put it that way. So they're looking at fine china, and he gives her this ring, and she's just like, oh, it's so beautiful. It's the ring that I would chose if I had a million rings to choose from. You know, still just so unsatisfied, though. Like, you could just tell. Like, she's just, just disappointed with her life. <laughs> so... They continue on with their evening. They end up at the restaurant. The restaurant ends, happens to be right across the street from the Empire State Building. So she has a clear view of it. And she's just sitting there and just realizes that, you know what? I can't do this. I have to tell Walter what's been going on. So she ends up telling Walter 
the whole story about Sam and Jonah and the radio uh, show and and how she was they wrote letters and how they they were supposed to meet at the top of the Empire State Building so he asked her oh so he could be up there right now and she's like yeah probably not you know I don't think so but it's not really about them it's about me you know giving him that whole spiel trying to like make it not so hard on them equally you know because it's a hard situation to be in you have to tell somebody that you know you really do like them and they're just the perfect person but for whatever reason it's not what I want I don't feel completely satisfied with this and that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you it's just me and it really be like that it really does and so she understood that it she understood it was not fair to Walter to continue on in this relationship where she felt she was settled, settling. And so I said Walter was a real dude because he told her, well, you know, I wouldn't want to be with anyone who felt that they were settling for me. Like, that's not, you know, what I want for myself or for the next person. So, you know, you go do what you feel you got to do, you know. And so she says, Walter, I don't deserve you. And he's like, I wouldn't say that, but okay, yeah, go ahead. You know, I'll take that. And so he's really cool about it. One thing, one thing about Meg Ryan, these movies, like it happens in this movie and it also happens in You Got Mail because she was in a relationship and they amicably, amicably broke the fuck up. And it was just like, oh yeah, it's okay. Yeah, we're it's fine, like, in both movies, so I think that's interesting, but yeah, so Walter, he was cool about it, he's just like, yeah, I mean, I love you, but I definitely don't want you to be with me if you feel like you're settling for me, like, that's not good, like, that's no, that's not the type of marriage I want, and so she's, you know, so humbly grateful for that, because it could have went a lot worse, it could have been, he could have, like, really, made her feel bad about it but he didn't so that's why Walter's a stand-up guy and that's why I fuck with Walter but anywho so she catches a cab to the Empire State Building so Jonah he's been at the Empire State Building for some hours like the sun has gone down at this point and there has been no Annie and so now he's feeling like damn like I came here for nothing so he's disappointed Sam um Sam ends up getting to the Empire State Building to get there with Jonah. Jonah, you know, he's there. He's been there all day and he sees his dad. So he's he's happy. Like, he's like, dad, Sam is like Jonah. They fly into each other's arms. And it's a really, really cute scene because Sam, he's telling Jonah or he's saying to Jonah, like, man, have, have I have I messed things up so bad that what we have isn't good enough like you can't do that to me like you you know you're my family like do you understand like what I would have done if something happened to you like how that would have affected me like you can't just be doing shit like this so they have this really really cute scene and Jonah's just like you know you could tell that he was apologetic about it he was, you know, he made a mistake, but he was following his heart. 
And so they end up leaving. Annie ends up getting to the Empire State Building. She's allowed up there and she just missed Jonah and Sam. So she's up there. She's looking around. She finds Jonah's backpack with his teddy bear. And then Sam and Jonah realize that the the teddy bear and the backpack is still up there. So they go back up there to get it. And as they get up there, they see Annie. Annie sees them. They meet. And it's the cutest thing ever. It's so cute. I just I just love the moment when they meet. And it's just, they don't really know what to say. It's like, you're Annie. And she's like, yes, I'm Annie. She gives Jonah his teddy bear. They have a little moment. They hold hands. And they they live happily ever after. So that's Super in Seattle. I really love that story. I would have been very interested to see a sequel. And I know everything doesn't need a sequel, but I think it would have been nice to see what their life ended up like together. Because we don't really know if they were meant to be. I mean... Maybe they went through a honeymoon phase and realized that it just was not what they thought it would be. And they didn't work out, you know, who knows? But I'm going to believe that they definitely were meant to be and they lived happily ever after. That's what I'm going to go with. And yeah, that's that's what happened. All right, time to get into some did you know facts. All right, so first one. So I did mention this already, but despite playing the role of his sister in the movie, Rita Wilson is the real life wife of Tom Hanks. They have been married for five years at the time of the release of this movie. So in June of 2008, it ranked this movie ranked number 10 on the American Film Institute's list of the 10 greatest films in the genre genre romantic comedy. I would love to see the rest of that list. So of the three movies starring Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan, this is the most successful financially and critically. Nora Ephron who is the writer, director of this movie, when Meg Ryan's character is in the kitchen in the middle of the night listening to the best of radio callers, the caller disappointed in Denver is voiced by Efron. So, there, yeah, there's a scene when she's in the kitchen listening to the radio show, and they're just going over, like, the past shows. And so they all had these little little funny names to it. And Disappointed Endeavor was one of them. Um, what was the other one? It was like Marooned in... Oh, Marooned in Miami. And then obviously we have Sleepless in Seattle. So those are the three ones. So Tom Hanks simultaneously did voice work for the character of Woody in Toy Story during his days off from filming. So the role of Annie was originally offered to Julia Roberts, who turned it down. 
Kim Bassinger was also offered the role in the early script process, but turned it down because she thought she thought the premise was ridiculous. After Michelle Pfeiffer, Jennifer Jason Lee, and Jodie Foster declined as well, Meg Ryan landed the role. Wow. Hmm, that's interesting. Like they went through all of those different women. Hmm. Michelle Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer would have been nice. Um, Julia Roberts as well. I mean, all of them, but um, I was just that's surprising to me. So Dennis Clay was considered the male lead at the time. He was married to Meg Ryan, and then they divorced in 2001. So for his performance in this film, Tom Hanks was nominated for the Best Actor in a Motion Picture, Comedy, or Musical at the Golden Globe Awards. At the same ceremony, he won the award for Best Actor in the Motion Picture, Drama for Philadelphia, which came out in 1993 as well. Nora Ephron managed to get Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan when they suddenly became available when their starring vehicle Ends of New England for Lawrence Kasdan was canceled for budgetary reasons. Parker Posey was originally cast in the movie, but later cut. She appeared with Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks in You've Got Mail. So yeah, Parker Posey plays Tom Hanks' um, girlfriend in You've Got Mail. I feel like their relationship is just so, uh, like they, but I guess because in the movie, in the movie, you've got Mel Tom Hanks' character is somewhat of like an asshole, I guess, kind of, sort of. But so I guess in that sense, their relationship does mesh, I guess, because Parker Posey, she kind of plays, kind of plays like the bitch. And I feel like she does that a lot in her movies. When Jonah says that when you reverse the record, it says Paul is dead. This is a reference to a popular rumor that spread in the late 1960s that Paul McCartney of the Beatles died in a car crash and was supposedly replaced by a lookalike. Subscribers to this theory found dozens of items ranging from song lyrics to misinterpreted vocal sounds in album covers. That's interesting. I've never heard that before. In the kitchen scene, while Annie is listening to the radio show, she peels an apple in one long spiral. Spiral. Later on, to help calm Jonah down from his nightmare, Sam tells Jonah that his mother could peel an apple in one long spiral. So that was just one of the things that made Sam and Annie compatible. I think she was just another person that out there in the world who was just very similar to his wife. They probably just had similar personalities. They were probably interested in the same things. And so that was one of those moments where fate was just fading and they just was really meant, meant to be. So Jason Schwartzman auditioned for the role of Jonah Baldwin. Jason Schwartzman, is that who I think it is? Hold on. Let me look up his name. I feel like it's the dude from American Pie, but I could be completely wrong. I just feel like that's his name. Schwartzman. No results. Oh, duh. I put Jonah. Jason Schwartzman. 
Oh, him. So I was wrong. Jason Swartzman. He was in Scott Pilgrim's. Hold on. Let me go to it really quick. Sidebar, sidebar. I'm just looking to see what he was in that I could tell y'all. He was in Parks and Recreation. Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Um, other than that, I don't really see much that I really fuck with. So, but yeah, so they said that he was, um, he auditioned or he was considered for the role of the son, Jonah. I just wanted to see who he was, though, because I just wanted to see, like, what what, what he went out to do after this op missed opportunity. It's always interesting to me. So, while making the film, Nora Ephron was focused on its long-term legacy. Our dream was to make a movie about how movies screw up your brain about love. And then, if we did get it, did a good job... We would become one of the movies that would screw up people's brains about love forever. And she's right about that. I think because we we do watch these, we do tend to watch these movies and think that love happens the way that it happens in movies. And so she did end up creating a movie where we wish things could happen that way. Like, even though there was a lot of grief that had to be dealt with in this movie there it ended off on a, a really high note with J with not Jason I'm about to say Jason with Sam finding another person to potentially be the love of his life um they everything just worked out and they just had this undeniable connection for whatever reason they were meant to meet one another and so it does kind of teach us that, well, maybe maybe things like that will happen in our love life. It, it does leave us to feel hopeful about those types of things. So I think she definitely did a good job on that. So this movie was included among the American Film Institute's 2000 list of the 500 movies nominated for the top 100 funniest American movies. All right, interesting. When Annie is in the airplane to go to Seattle, the book in her lap is Pride and Prejudice. And You've Got Mail, the favorite book of Meg Ryan's character, is Pride and Prejudice. Looks like Nicole Kidman was also considered for the role of Annie Reed, which I think that would have been great. I love Kid I love Nicole Kidman. I think she 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 definitely would have been able to pull off Annie Reed for sure. So one downside maybe to this movie is that the fact that Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks only share approximately two minutes of screen time together. So people could definitely consider that like the downside to it because we don't really get to see these two um, actors, you know, have scenes together until the very end of the movie. So that can definitely be something that could be deemed a, a downside if you wanted to be nitpicky. But we don't get to see like a kiss. We don't get to have those little moments. So 
that is something that I can understand and, and, you know, feel. I can understand that notion for sure. But overall, I really love this movie. I think it's definitely one of my favorite romantic movies. It has a just a, a very cute, great story to it that makes you want to believe in love and want to believe in fate and want to really believe that if something is meant to be, it will be and there's just no way around it. So there's Seapless in Seattle. Next week, we will be talking about New Jack City. Again, if you do not already, please follow the Instagram and my Twitter for updates on different things coming up. Um, If there, for whatever reason, is a delay in episode publishing or I'm not able to get an episode out for whatever reason, you can, you know, I'll be able to announce that and you can stay on in the loop and know what to expect. But as far as our schedule for the next upcoming weeks, um, we have New Jack City next week, Single White Female, Stir of Echoes, Nothing to Lose, Beauty and the Beast, The Fugitive, and Set It Off. So that is the schedule up until September 6th. I will be doing another schedule. Um, I've honestly been trying. I can't remember if I said this yet or not, but I've honestly been trying to hold off on some particular movies that I haven't touched on yet. Like, uh, there's a lot of like scary movies, horror movies, slasher films that I have not gotten into. Obviously, I haven't gotten into Scream. I haven't gotten into um, Halloween H2O, but I feel like I want to save those for the spooky season. I just feel like it's just going to be even better to experience during the month of October. So it's been very hard to hold out on those movies because I love them so much and I've been wanting to talk about them, but I've just been holding out and want to do it during the month of Halloween. So I'll have a whole, I'll have a whole lineup ready for um, after September 6th on and through the month of October. And I haven't decided yet when I'm going to do my first 90s album episode but that will be coming soon so please expect that I'm going to create a list for those albums that I will be touching on as well and yeah so please make sure that you are following the Instagram at catch these vibes pod and then twitter catch underscore vibes pod and um, the website catch these vibes pod.com make sure that you check it out periodically because I do update it and change a few things um, because I think um, I really love it. I think it's a a really cute website. So please check it out and explore. And yeah, thank you so much for listening. I hope you all have a great rest of your week. And until next time, love, peace, and hair grease.